and saving us, and we trust our finances into your hands. I pray a blessing on all those who give. I pray a blessing on all of us here, that you would help us to be cheerful givers. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, with that in mind, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be going all over the Bible today, but Hebrews 5 is the main passage of what I want to talk about. And let me ask, who took home... Let me ask this first question. Did anybody have a dream last week that they remembered? Who had dreams last week they remembered? Excellent. Who recorded the dreams that they remembered? There we go. So after, is that your hand up, Tom, or are you? Okay, good. He's like, more, more in the offering plate, please. No. Uh, if you have that sheet, I'll be staying after service a little bit, and I would like to make photocopies of them. I would like to give you, you keep the originals, I want the copies, and then if you think there's something that's from God, point it out to me and say, I think this one is from God, would you help me to interpret it? And I would love to help you with that. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, if I help you interpret your dreams, I'm not going to pull any punches. If I think God's dealing with the sin in your life, I'm going to say, it looks like you might be struggling with this. And you can say, oh no, that's not it at all. And I'll go, okay, I'm just, I'll say what I think it is. As God lays it on my heart, I will share it with you. If that scares the pants off of you, then just say, here are my dreams, please don't interpret them. (laughs) And we'll go from there. In true being a good pastor fashion, I had a dream this week. It was very vivid, and I forgot it. And I didn't write it down before I forgot it, and I went, boy, I'm really killing it here. But I did have, uh, I would classify this as something like a vision, uh, Sarah and I made an offer on a house just across the street, like a five-minute walk. Made an offer on a house, and the people took two days to get back to us about what they thought of our offer, which was too low. And they then made a counteroffer. We wanted more information, and they just, it, would, it took them about 48 hours to get back to us anytime we got in contact with them. And we're like, these people really aren't motivated to sell. So we just said, nah, we're good. And after that, Sarah and I are wondering, did we make the right decision? Did we make the right decision? Are we, you know, should we have bought the house? Should we have just said, you know, it's whatever? And as I was praying about it, I first heard a couple weeks ago God say, I will lead you to the right house. And I went, that's awesome. But as I was praying about it this week, I got the picture in my head of me walking into a house that I legitimately enjoyed living in, rather than this house which we're kind of like, eh, you can make this work because it's so close to the church. I got the idea there was a house I legitimately enjoyed living in that I walked into and felt like, oh, I'm glad I live here, and not, ah, I'm going to have to deal with this for a few years until we can afford a better house. Uh, so I was, that was my, I would say it was a vision, because it was the picture in my head of me standing in a house and saying, I enjoy living here. I will take that any day. Uh, but we talked last week about dreams and visions. I hope you wrote them down. I hope we have some good conversations about that. And hopefully, um, you understand better how God can speak to us using our imagination. Uh, Whether we are awake, using uh, visions, or whether we're asleep, using dreams. And the week before that, we spoke about how God speaks through his word, through the Bible. Uh, How he will communicate his will to us through the Bible. And how the Holy Spirit will guide us and correct us by reminding us of what it says in the Bible. It's his word and his sword, which he wields as he wants. And these are great, and I love hearing God speak through the Bible. I love hearing God speak in dreams and visions. 
Uh, I like especially dreams because interpreting them is one of the things I really, really, really like in the pastoral ministry. Uh, But today we're talking about how God speaks through his internal voice. Uh, And I'll be sharing quite a few stories of how God has spoken to me today and things he's said to me in my heart throughout my life. And the earliest I can remember, I'm going to move around a lot more today because it's so cold. The earliest I can remember God talking to me, or I could say trying to hear God, was when I was 13 or 14 years old. Uh, I was just back from a trip to Ohio, and I met a man uh, who brought my parents to Jesus. His name was Spencer Evans, and my parents really wanted to name me after him. But my older sister, Stephanie, my mom is Sally. They said, one more S is too many S names, so we're going to name him Robert instead. But when I met Spencer, he stressed to me the importance of reading the Bible and then having the Holy Spirit speak to me through the Bible and independently of the scriptures. He said, God can talk to you at any time. Make sure you listen to him. Which my parents had told me because they heard it from him. And I said, all right, I can do that. And he told me to be open to hearing God speak in my heart and in my mind. He just basically gestured, inside, God will speak to you. So we came back to Texas from the road trip to Ohio. And I resolved I would hear God speak to me. I said, I am going to hear God talk to me. So behind my parents' house, my parents live in Grapevine, And behind their house in Grapevine, there's this big field. It's the equivalent of like three or four football fields. It's huge. And I would stand out in this field at nighttime for hours. I know I've told this story before. If you've heard it, bear with me. Uh, But I would stand in this huge field behind my parents' house for hours at a time. And we were less than a quarter mile away from Highway 121 running north and south through Grapevine. Uh, We were also in the flight path near DFW Airport. So in my time of being quiet and listening for God, I would occasionally think I was hearing God. I had no idea what God sounded like. I'd never heard him before. And I thought maybe he did sound like the distant buzz of Highway 121. Or maybe he did sound like the roar of a plane taking off. And I would stand there for hours trying to listen to God and trying to hear what he was saying to me. All in all, I totaled it up in my head. I probably spent about 30 hours outside Standing outside, listening to God over the course of a few months. And then as I tried to hear God, I would like cue in on a plane or on the sound of the cars on the highway. And I would think, maybe that's God. Maybe God is speaking to me. Like, and I was just having a real hard time hearing him. But whenever I thought that, whenever I heard these distant sounds, I would have this thought that would come into my head. No, that's not it. It was quiet, it was gentle, and it was helpful. So I listened to it. I said, okay, that's not it. Uh, But I started getting discouraged that I wasn't hearing God. And hopefully you see the irony here. Is I was listening for God. I was trying to hear him. For hours I would stand out there. And I was mistaking things that weren't God's voice for his voice. And then I was hearing God say to me, no, that's not it. Over and over and over and over again. And I obeyed it, but I didn't even recognize that it was God speaking to me. I thought that was me. But as I look back as an adult, I say, I can see clearly God was talking to me. And I see the humor now in my feeble attempts to hear God. And ironically, I actually heard him, even though I didn't recognize it. And the internal voice of God, let's see if this is frozen or not. The internal voice of God is another very common way in which God speaks to his people. 
uh, like the Bible and in dreams and visions, God uses the internal voice that he will speak to us in our hearts and in our minds. He will use it a lot. And being able to hear and to distinguish God's voice is one of the main areas of Christian growth between our conversion and our death. We should hear God better as we get older. And when we look at the internal voice of God, we need to explore what it is. Because God will speak to us, uh, sorry, we as humans communicate verbally. Now when I say verbally here, I don't mean audibly. When I say verbally, that means in words. We communicate to each other in words. Because I don't want anybody getting confused and say we communicate with our ears. Uh, We talk to each other. We write to each other. We send texts and emails. All of these contain words which convey ideas from one person to another. While a picture is worth a thousand words, like in dreams and visions, we still describe the picture's value in words. It is verbal communication that is important to us. And while holding someone's hand may say, I care about you, we still primarily communicate through words. We tell them, I love you, you're important to me. And after speaking last week, I think it's hilarious that we are primarily a visual people. We are visual people through and through. Yet our major method of communication is through words. One of the crowning moments of any young child is their first word. Whether that's mama or dada or TV, the first word of any child is significant. It shows that they've reached the level of communication. The brain has put two and two together, and they're talking. No more crying, no more pointing and grunting. They're using words now. They are able to communicate. And that's a huge shift in the relationship. I enjoyed this when Ben finally started talking. When Ben finally started using words, it was when he was done eating, and he still does this sometimes and it bugs me. When he's done eating, he takes his plate of food and throws it on the floor. <laughs> and my dog just loves it because my dog's like free meal. But it, it's like, you can just look at me and say, Done. <laughs> We can accomplish the same thing and save a lot of time. And I'll be less angry with you. You can say done and get the same message across. And I think our preference for using spoken words stems from the fact that we are made in God's image. God likes talking. And in fact, the first thing God actually does in the Bible is speak the world into existence. If you have your Bible, uh, go ahead and flip to the first page. Not the one with the title page, but Genesis 1 the first page of the actual Bible. Uh, Real quick question to see how well you guys have read your Bible. Has anyone actually ever read the preface to their Bible, the translator's notes? You have? You have? Good. You should. Because it'll open your eyes. You'll go, oh my goodness, I did not know that about the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God was hanging out. Now, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. These are the first two verses of the Bible. And they set the stage. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And now I'm going to tell you exactly how it happened. Genesis 1.1 is a summative introduction to history. A brief history of time. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How did that happen? The earth was without, without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, in the Old Testament, they use the word waters. That can typically describe water or space or air. 
but the word waters is sort of liberally used to mean any big open space full, full of something. In these verses, God is just existing. Bible setting the stage. What's the first thing God does? And God said, let there be light. And there was light. This is the first thing God does in the Bible is he speaks into existence. In words, he spoke the universe into existence and it was created. And this pattern is followed through the rest of creation. And God said, let there be this. And there was that. And God said, let there be this. And there was that. From the very beginning, God is speaking to his creation. God literally talks to the sun and the moon and the earth and the plants and the animals. He talks to all of them. God communicates from himself to his creation. And people are no different. And just in case you thought God would speak to everything, speak everything into existence and then just stop talking, we see God interacting with the very first people he's made. What's one of the first things he does to Adam and Eve after he makes them? And God blessed them. God blessed Adam and Eve. He said, let us make mankind in our, in our image. He makes Adam and Eve. And God blessed them. And he said to them, he spoke to Adam and Eve and communicated to them in a way that they could understand. He said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over everything. So much so the screens just turn off. God told them, be fruitful and multiply. Don't just stay here and hang out. Have kids. Have more people. Make more people. It's fun. You should try it sometime. All the pregnant ladies are laughing. Thank you. Make more people. And then don't just make more people. Be fruitful and multiply. Multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over it. God has delegated to people authority over the planet. Build houses. Build roads. Domesticate animals. Do stuff. Design video games. They'll be fun. God says, fill the earth, subdue it, be fruitful, multiply, take over this planet that I've given you. And from this point, he just keeps talking to people throughout Genesis. The trend continues throughout the whole Bible. In Genesis, in Exodus, in Leviticus, just keep going. God keeps talking. In Revelation, the last book of the Bible, God is still speaking to his people. From cover to cover, God talks. He speaks to them in words that they can understand. And here's when we're going to start talking about the internal voice of God. Because when God speaks to us in words, the voice of God can be internal or external. The external, I'm just going to blow your minds here real quick. The external or audible voice of God is outside of us and we hear it with our ears. Like somebody speaking to you. Like I'm talking to you now, God can talk to you in exactly the same way. It can be just us that hears it, or it can be others too. Look at Acts 22, verses 7 and 9. Paul is telling about his conversion. He's explaining what happened. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, who are you? And he says, Lord here, but actually the term would be closer to sir. Who are you, sir? Why are, what's going on? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. This is the key part. So Saul is talking to this guy. Out loud, not in his head. He's talking to him using his mouth. But those 
who were with me saw the light, saw something going on, but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. It sounded like Charlie Brown's teacher or Charlie Brown's parents in those... They heard that he was talking to somebody. They knew he was talking to somebody and could tell that there was a conversation going on between Paul and somebody who wasn't there, but they couldn't tell what he was saying. Paul hears Jesus speak, and the men who were with him hear something too. But Paul clearly heard what Jesus said to him, but the men only heard a voice but didn't understand what Jesus was saying. So God can speak in a way that you hear, just like you're hearing me now. But if you look throughout the Bible, this is very rare. And in fact, in my theological studies and all the books that I've read, the external or audible with your ears voice of God is probably the least common way God speaks. I've met many Christians. I've talked to them about hearing God. And only one Christian that I've ever met has said they've heard God with their ears more than once. Nevertheless, this is still a verbal form of communication. Jesus is talking to people using words. Not just feelings or pictures, words. The other form of verbal communication is the internal, inaudible voice of God. This is the voice that God speaks to us in our hearts. It is a spiritually perceived form of communication, and I think that's really important. It is a spiritually perceived form of communication. External We hear with our ears, but internal, we hear with our hearts or with our minds. And the Bible is rife with examples of God speaking in the internal voice. Genesis 15. Again, first book of the Bible, Genesis. Genesis 15. God talks to Abraham a lot. Genesis 15, 4. The word of the Lord came to him, being Abraham. And this, the word of the Lord came to him, is used in the Old Testament of when people hear God, but it's not with their ears, it is perceived spiritually. They hear God in their hearts. 1 Kings 19.9 Elijah fled Jezebel, goes to a mountain. He came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He didn't hear it with his ears. He perceived it with his heart that God was talking to him. And in fact, if you use this story in 1 Kings 19, you can see very different ways that God talks to Elijah. He talks to him with an audible voice. He talks to him internally. And in fact, one of my favorite, I get a lot of mileage out of Acts 13. This is, I apparently cite this in like all my sermons. Because whenever I type it in to do a search for it in the Bible program I use to insert Bible quotes, it pops up right away. (coughs) Acts 13, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, Patty, who is busy, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. The Holy Spirit spoke to them in an internal way. He spoke to their spirits and said, I've got Saul and Barnabas set aside for work, which means he was probably talking to Saul and Barnabas about it. And then somebody else said, hey, Sully, hey, Barney, God is calling you to do something. And they're like, oh, I know, I got to go do this. And they said, well, let's pray over you and let's let you go do it. This isn't an audible voice of God, but it is discerned by the community. The Holy Spirit speaks to us as individuals and the Holy Spirit will guide us communally as a church. 
And practically speaking, the internal voice of God is similar to our own internal voice. We call it our thoughts, our inner monologue. And in case you've never thought about it before, I, somebody out there, this will benefit them. In case you've never thought about how you think before, like Rene Descartes, who said, I think and therefore I am, try saying the alphabet in your head. Don't say it out loud. Say the alphabet in your head right now. Just start. That's your train of thought. Those are, that's your internal voice. That's what I'm talking about. Which in your head sounds like you and sounds like your external voice. We talk in our head of the voice that we, that we have externally. Fair enough? When I read a book, I don't care who wrote it. C.S. Lewis could have written it. Some guy who was, wrote it originally in French and translated it into English. I still read it as if I'm the one who wrote the words. I don't read it in a British accent or with a French accent. <laughs> okay. But, but this is the key part. When God speaks to us inter- internally, it is similar yet different from our own voice. Since it is spiritually perceived, many do not recognize the difference between our voice and God's voice. Because it is a spiritual perception. We think that whatever goes on in our head is us. Can somebody please close those doors? I'm glad that they're sorting this out, but this is going to distract everybody, and this is where I'm going to get to a very important part of my sermon. Thank you, Wayne. I appreciate your service. God speaks to us internally, and it is spiritually perceived, so many people do not recognize the difference between your thoughts and God talking to you in your head. Because God will speak to us internally. You will think. God will put ideas in your head. God will talk to you in your spirit. And the forces of evil can influence us internally as well. And this is a bit of a side note, but this needs to be addressed. The enemy and his forces will put ideas and words and thoughts into your head. He is a spirit. So he speaks to us spiritually. Let me offer an example. Have you ever had a thought in your head that's one of the following? I'm going to say three phrases. Have you ever had any of these thoughts? Don't put your hands up. Don't go to church. No one there likes you. Why should you pray? It's a waste of time. God doesn't love you. Or God's given up on you. That's not God saying that. God's not going to be like, why are you praying? It's a waste of time. (laughs) No, God will be like, yeah, spend more time praying. So God doesn't say those kind of things. And that's not something we typically come up with ourselves. These are attacks of the enemy trying to drive us away from God. John 10, verse 10, said, as the enemy's work to steal and to kill and to destroy. And Satan's name actually is the Hebrew word for the accuser. He will sit there and try to, and we, have the paint, we paint the picture of the devil standing on our shoulder and like speaking in our ears. He puts ideas into our head and says, people don't like you. Why are you doing that? It's a waste of time. God doesn't love you. Church, oh, why should you go to church? Just sleep in. It's no big deal. He'll put these ideas in our head to drive us away from God. And there is the negative spiritual influence of the enemy is its own set of sermons. But it is important because God is a spirit and will talk to our spirits. And the enemy tries to as well. And we need to discern what is God, what is us, and what is from the bad guys. And back to my original point, God's voice sounds very different from our voice. 
However, many of us do not have experience discerning God's voice. So we can't tell when God is speaking to us or when the enemy is accusing us. We just think whatever goes on in here is us. But Hebrews 11, or sorry, Hebrews 5, (laughs) verses 11 to 14, it's this little section of Hebrews 5. It's very, very, very important. And I have verse 12 up here. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. That's a very interesting phrase, isn't it? The oracles of God? What does that mean? How God talks, basically. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness righteousness, since he's a child. But solid food is for the mature. Important part, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So he's talking about hearing God up in verse 12. You need to teach somebody to teach you the basic oracles of God. And then he said, you need practice to distinguish when God's talking and when the enemy's trying to accuse you. Through practice, we gain the ability to discern what we hear. And it is a huge challenge for Christians to be able to separate God's voice and the good things that he is saying to us from our own voice, which China just is like, yeah, whatever, and the voice of the enemy. But we can distinguish it, and we should be doing it. Thanks, guys. That was encouraging to me. Made me happy. And it only makes sense that we practice hearing God. A lot of people are just like, oh, if God were really talking, I'd just be able to tell right away. No. <laughs> Because I can quote fake Bible verses all day and people will believe it. Bible says a penny saved is a penny earned. And somebody will go, yeah, it does. That's poor Richard's almanac. That's Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> that ain't in the Bible. We're going to go through a process here. We're going to have some fun this week. It only makes sense that we practice hearing God. And the first step of practicing hearing God, the first thing we need to do is listen. This is kind of like a duh. We need to be attentive to what goes on in our minds and in our hearts. What thoughts are coming into your brain? What thoughts are you thinking? I don't know if you've ever thought about thinking, but that's some next level stuff. Are you? But it is. Have you thought about how you think? Do you take control of what thoughts come into your head? Do you relegate how your emotions work? Or do you just sit there and say, yeah, whatever thought comes along, I'll think about that for a while. Oh, whatever I'm feeling, that's how I'm going to act. I'm in a bad mood. Guess what? I'm in a bad mood today. But we should be paying attention to the words that we are hearing in our spirits and in our minds and hearts. It's the words and phrases we need to pay attention to. Whether that's during prayer time or talking to someone. You ever been talking to someone and you feel like you should say something? I need to share with this person this. You ever paid attention to that? You ever shared it? Whether we're driving or eating a meal, God can talk to you while you're driving. God can talk to you while you're eating. God can talk to you while you're playing video games. I experienced that one. That blew my blew my mind the first time God talked to me when I was playing Super Mario 3D World. Right when it came out, I was so excited that game came out. Seth and Natalie were real tiny. They were in bed. It was like. They were in bed, so it was like 7.30 because I was about to go to bed because I was tired. But I was playing Super Mario 3D World and I was sitting on my coffee table playing about this far away from my TV because I'm a grown adult. Um, but I was playing this game 
And I heard God say something clear as a bell to me when I'm playing Super Mario 3D World. And I paused it. I was like, you know, God, I, Dad always told me that he didn't like video games, so I assumed you didn't too. But apparently it doesn't bother you that I'm playing video games now. And you're just like, I'm just going to talk to you. And I went, okay. Wrote it down and everything because it was important. God can talk to you whenever, you can be taking a shower. And God will talk. But our ears need to always be open and paying attention to what is going on in our minds and in our hearts. And then with listening, with trying to pay attention, with hoping we hear God and being attentive to that, we then need to record what we hear, if it's important. Uh, This is actually the least spiritual part of this process. But it's the most practical. And it's where most of our information gets lost. Because, I'm, like I said earlier, I had a dream this week. It was probably important. I remember it being pretty important. But I didn't write it down as soon as I woke up. And by about 10 o'clock, when I was ready to write it down and my brain was functioning well, because it takes about that long for my brain to get going in the morning, I'd forgotten it. So this helpful information I got from God, poof, gone. Not because I'm not spiritual, but because I was lazy. <laughs> So we need to record what we think God is saying to us. We need to just write it down. Regardless of, don't judge it, just write it down. If you have no data to work with, you can't get practice. If you have no points of reference of God talking to you, you cannot say, yes, this is God, no, this is not God. You never get stronger without lifting weights, right? Without practicing doing bench press, you're not going to get any stronger. You're never going to get any faster if you don't practice running. And you're never going to get better at hearing God without writing it down. Practice hearing. So these are the first two steps. Last one's the complicated one. Discern. We need to discern whether or not what we've heard is from God. We have to, we can look at what we hear. And this is what you do. You sit there, you write down, I think God's saying this, I think God's saying this, I think God's saying this. You've done steps one and two. You've heard and you've written down. Now you look at what you've written down and say, is that God? What might God be saying to me? Then we look at the character of what, is, what we've written down. Is this loving? Is this kind? Is this joyful? Does it sound like God? Or is it angry? Is it condemning? Is it bringing up my sins and saying, you're never going to beat this sin. You're never going to get any better. You'll always be like that. Does it sound like the enemy? Or did you have Cotton Eye Joe on repeat in your head for an hour? You know, was that me? Probably. <laughs> But as we look at our data and discern what's from God and what's not, we can begin to grow. We can start recognizing God when he speaks because you'll say, oh yeah, okay, that was God. Okay, that wasn't. That's helpful. And then we can start recognizing when the enemy's attacking us. And there's literally no downside to this process. This is 100% beneficial. If you do this, there is, you're not going to be like, ah, oh, man, that was a waste of time. You're going to say, I learned how to hear God better. If you do this, straight up, that is a promise. And while it takes time and effort to learn how to hear the internal voice of God, it benefits every single area of your life. It will help you become holier. It will help you become kinder, more joyful, more patient. You'll make wiser decisions because you can hear God's direction. 
And honestly, this is one of the most important things I can get you to do as your pastor, as the leader of this church. The best thing I can get you to do is to hear God on your own. Because if I can get you to hear God on your own, if I can teach every single person here how to hear God, my job becomes irrelevant. You don't have to wait for Sunday morning to hear a message from God. Because you can literally have one anytime you need, every single day. You can hear from God every day, not just Sunday morning between 11.30 and 12.15. So one of the best things I can do for you is to teach you how to hear God yourself. That is one of the most beneficial things I can do. Because every single Christian I've met who can hear God on their own, who hears God by themselves, who can discern God's voice, I don't worry about those people. Even if they come up, they're like, oh, I got this sin in my life. I'm like, no, you're good. Because if God's talking to you, you'll get over the sin. He'll tell you he's upset about it. He'll deal with you. I don't have to. Take him, God. Jesus had disciples when he was on earth. He still wants to disciple people. He wants more disciples. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to follow him. And if you can hear, hear, hear God's voice, it helps you, it helps me, and it makes the church a better place. For, for me, even though my first ventures, apparently this cold is really bothering me because I'm having trouble talking. My face is so cold. My fingers are freezing. I'm, I'm put my hands in my pockets. Even though my first ventures into hearing God's voice didn't go as I had planned, I've spent a lot of time in the last 20 years or so trying to hear God's voice and learning a lot and process about how good God is. Because as I try to hear his voice, I understand that God is really kind and God is really gentle and he's really good and he really does love us. One of the things I hear over and over and over and over again from God, going off my notes here, every time I go to talk to God, you know what one of the first things he, always, he says is? Not every time, but almost always every time. What's one of the first things God says? I love you. And I'm like, man... Dude, I heard that one before. Can we go to the next thing? And he's like, no, you don't get it. I was like, okay, maybe someday I will. But apparently an infinite amount of love requires a lot of expression. So I'll humor him. If ever I make fun of God and you see me get like struck by lightning, <laughs> comes in through the ceiling, be like, he had it coming. God loves you. Yeah, he does. <laughs> But I've learned a lot about how good God is in the process. And he helped guide me to the right schools and to the right churches. God's internal voice actually helped lead me here. I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again because it's a good one. I, back in the spring of 2017, I was looking for a church. I've been looking for a church since I moved down. Actually, I've been looking for a church before that. But they don't want to hire people from Canada because they're like, Canada? What kind of pastors do they make there? Which Sarah's not here, so I can make that joke. I was like, I'm from Texas. I was born in Ohio. <laughs> but we moved down in 2016, two days before my birthday. Happy birthday to me. I'm not cold anymore. But we're, I looked for a church. For six months at this point, I was looking for a church. This is like March or April. Having trouble. Getting interviews with churches, getting second-level interviews, nothing. I was frustrated. I was taking Seth and Natalie to preschool one day. And it's like March, this is April, two years ago. 
And I was in the process of interviewing with this one church, and at the very, uh, like the day before, I was interviewing for this job, youth pastor job. Should have crushed it. Crushed the interviews. Everything was great. They all interviewed me. They loved me. The senior pastor of the church calls me back and goes, hey, Robert. Not a good start. He's like, we're deciding between you and this other person. The other person's in our denomination. She's like, ten years younger than you are. You know, you're way more qualified. You're way better. All this. And she's, he's like, we'll probably end up picking you. And I'm like, yes. So he called him back. Hey, Robert. I'm like, okay. Just, just tell me it's not you. It's me. And then we'll get over this. But he's like, yeah, we're not. We're not going to go with you. We're going to go with this other girl. We feel like you'd be a good associate pastor, but not really a good youth pastor. And I was like, okay. I said, did I do anything wrong in the process? He's like, no, no, no. He said, your school's excellent. The fact that you're pursuing your doctorate's excellent. You've got 10 years of experience. He said, you've got all this stuff. He said, we just feel led to go to this other person. And so I, I'm like, okay, so God's telling you to do this, so I shouldn't be mad at you. I should be mad at God. So I was mad at God. I'm like, dude, hook a brother up. Come on, help me out here. So I'm frustrated. I was taking my kids to school, preschool, and I'm just mad at God because I'd literally lost the job the night before. I'm going, And I dropped them off, and I was driving away from the preschool they were at. And as I passed their preschool, it's on Harwood. Natalie still goes there. As I pass these churches, I look up and I see Christ Wesleyan Church, a congregational Methodist church. And I mean, I'd looked at all different kinds of churches. But when I look at that, looked at that church, the idea popped in my head, why don't you look for a Wesleyan Church job board? Because I'd look through Baptist job boards. Baptists have a lot of job boards out there, guys. You want to be a Baptist pastor? There are openings. There's Methodist job boards. There's congregational job boards, vineyard job boards. I can keep going. But I never looked for a Wesleyan church job board. And I said, you know, that's just a crazy enough idea. I'm going to try that. I figured, why not? So I went home and Googled Wesley. I literally typed in Wesleyan church job board. And the Wesleyan Church, the denomination of the Wesleyan Church, has a job board. And guess what? In March of 2017, a Wesleyan Church in Flower Mound, Texas, was looking for a pastor. You're not anymore. (laughs) But I got in contact with him. It was this old cranky guy named Tom. And (laughs) he's not here to defend himself. Don't let him watch the video. Tom was, actually, Tom was actually very kind during the process. Mostly. He's not walking in. Yes. But the process, you know, we went through the process. You started, you guys kept coming back to me. You're like, you know, we have all these other good candidates, but we keep coming back to him. <laughs> okay. And now here we are. And that was, no, thank God. That, that, was, not, that was just me listening. <laughs> me being listening and obedient saying, all right, we'll try this one. But God will speak to us through his internal voice. He will lead you to jobs through his internal voice. I'm not special because I'm a pastor. I don't get special treatment. God will talk to you just as much as he'll talk to me. Probably more because, you know, I know me. And you guys are probably way better at hearing him than I am. The Holy Spirit will teach, will speak to each of us as we follow Jesus. And in fact, I would bet he's already spoken to you. Because Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. So therefore, you probably heard his voice already. God is a talkative guy. 
God likes talking. If he talked the universe into existence and just spoke and it happened, and Jesus, what we have is mostly his words and what he said, God likes talking to us. He talked literally throughout the whole Bible. He talked to his friends. He talked to his enemies. He talked to his people. He talked to everybody. He talks to his creation. I've never talked to the sun. I've sang that song, sun, sun, Mr. Golden Sun. But that's about it. But God talked to the sun and it just started existing. God talks to everything he made and that includes us. And you know, you'd think we'd be first on the list. God's people that he chose and sanctified that he died for on the cross, if he died on the cross for you, he's not going to die on the cross for you and then go, well, figure it out. He's going to die on the cross for you and then say, hey, let me help you out. Let me talk to you. Let me show you pictures. Let me do everything I can to help you. Right? I'm attractively trying to build your faith and I'm trying to get a little warmer up here by moving around a little bit. God's going to talk to you guys. Hopefully, as you did the dream exercise last week, you said, man, God is talking to me. This is exciting. I am hyped. This is so cool. God's giving me dreams. God's giving me visions. I am excited about what God is doing. And the same thing, we're going to do that again this week. Same thing as last week. Look back at the steps that I mentioned earlier. Listen to what's going on inside your head. Record what it is and then discern it. So what I want you to do for the next week, humor me for the next week. I have more sheets, half sheets of paper written, uh, cut up back there. I like those half sheets. They fit nicely in a Bible. Or you can fold them in half and stick them in your pocket. Write down what you hear or what you think you hear from God for a week. Uncritically. Spend time praying. Sit down. Spend 10 minutes a day praying and being quiet. And write down whatever you hear. Uncritically. And then in addition, write down whatever stands out to you throughout the week. And then use this as your data to start being able to discern God's voice. If you don't write it down, you'll never know. Take a half sheet of paper. Take a whole sheet of paper. I'll give you my notes to write them on if you think you're going to get a lot. Or you can just get your own paper. Whatever. Write it down. Start recording it. Listen and record and listen and record. Bring back the data and we can discern it together. Or you don't even need me. I don't have the magic wand. I just wave over it. It's not like a magic discerning light that I put over it. Oh, that's God. No, that's not God. You can discern with your family. Mom, dad, do you think this is from God? Honey, do you think this is from God? Brother, sister, friend, cousin, whatever. Do you think this is God? Men's, you can do that. You want a men's group exercise that'll be a lot of fun? Talk about this at men's group. Have, it, have them do it and then show up and then chat about it. You'd spend hours doing that stuff and it'll encourage you and encourage your faith. I thought you said misery at first and I was like, what? <laughs> Men's group. And I sat there. No, this is not misery. It's difficult, but it's not men. Oh, men's group. Yes, it's men's group. Do that men's group. And let me tell you something that's a very harrowing fact. You don't grow if you don't try. So let's be intentional about it. Be intentional about your spiritual growth. Don't just say, it'll happen if it happens. Try to grow. It'll help. And then if you can't find somebody to discern this with, bring it to me. I'll talk about it. And this is an area where I want our church to grow in. I want us to be a church that hears God.
so that we can do what he says. Not just Sunday morning, but seven days a week hearing from God. How does what I say this morning affect you every day of the week? Are you taking what you learned today and applying it Monday through Saturday? Are you being a seven-day-a-week Christian? And honestly, this area, hearing God, is an area where every church can improve. But since you're here now and you're listening to me, you're going to be the first ones. Let's actively try to hear God and see what happens. Try him. Don't test him. The Bible says don't test God. Try him out. Say, God, Pastor Robert got super excited on Sunday and said you're going to talk. I'll listen and see what happens. Let's actively try to hear God better and see what happens. Give God a week. If he can make the universe in a week, he can talk to you in a week. Once. And I think, no, sorry, I know you'll be pleasantly surprised by what you hear. Try him out. Maybe he'll talk to you about going to the women's group. Maybe he'll talk to you about volunteering in the children's ministry. Maybe he'll give you a brilliant idea of how to generate more heat in a church on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Sit closer together. There we go. He's already talking. I'm just kidding. Uh, but this is an area where I want you guys to grow. I really want to help you in this because it is very important to me. As a church, I want us to be in tune with what the Holy Spirit is saying. And these are foundational steps. What I've talked to you about the last couple of weeks are foundational steps for the prophetic. Baby steps. And that's actually going to be the subject, I think, of what we talk about next week, is how God speaks through community, through the church which is prophetic ministry. I hope you're excited for that. I'm excited to hear God. I love hearing God. That's like the highlight of my day. Every time I do it, every time I hear God, I take time to listen to him and he talks to me. I'm just like, man, that's so good. He's so good. He's so kind. He loves you so much. And I'm just trying to put you in touch with him. That's my job. Help you to love Jesus better. Let's pray. Before we start praying, am I getting, sit down, Mark, and say you could get up. I'm just kidding. If you've got to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. Is, are you guys getting what I'm saying here? That's the only reason people get up. Or are you getting up to the worship team? Oh, that's a good excuse. Okay. Nobody's going to get up. <laughs> We're going to sing from our seats. Are you guys getting what I'm, I know I'm being recorded here, but are you guys getting what I'm saying? Are you on board? Everybody on, and some people are nodding? Okay, good. Okay, worship team, if you want to start quietly making your way up, I'll start praying. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I thank you for the people here today. I ask that you would continue to speak to us. I ask that you would make us attentive to what you are saying. I ask that you would give us ears to hear this week. And Holy Spirit, I ask for mercy and your power to rest on everyone here, that they would be reminded of what we've talked about this morning. I ask that they would be given a special revelation from you about how much you love them, how much you like them, how much you legitimately enjoy them. 
Thank you for your goodness and your mercy towards us, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for rising again to give us hope for a new life. You are good. Help us to have closer walks with you. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.